0: Thanks for listening to Mindfulness for the Modern Family Podcast, where we dive deep into all things parenting and family. We talk about what mindfulness means within the family dynamic and how self-care is crucial, not only for ourselves, but for those we love. I'm your host, Shayla Peary. As a guided meditation teacher, mindful parenting has always been, well, top of mind for me as I raise my daughter. I'm curious to know what others have experienced and what we can learn from each other and our kids. You can find more episodes at shaylapiri.ca, or subscribe wherever you get podcasts. Today, we're joined by Canadian film icon,
1: Valerie Bahajar.
0: Valerie, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. It's such a pleasure to have you here.
1: Ah, you're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. I've been to your house a
0: few times and the energy in your house is so beautiful and your energy is so beautiful. Oh. And every time I, I'm at your place, I just am in awe about this magical environment that you've created and you foster creativity and community in your space. And I'm just curious to know a little bit more about um, your life, raising your son as a single parent in this lovely, lovely home. Oh,
1: thank you. Um... Well, you know, I lucked out to to be able to get a home in Toronto when I did at that time mm-hmm. and, and make it my own. Um, and as you know, I'm an actor and a filmmaker. Right. And uh, most of my friends are in that world now. Um, not all. <laughs> I don't yeah. uh, Most of them are. and And I have a big enough space for a lot of them to make things if they want. Right. I've had, you know... Uh, little concerts here i've um i've shot many films here Mm -hmm. Uh, i've had many play readings readings and stuff like that and then there's this child and so he's always been present yeah right we're we're shooting and then in exchange for a lot of like coaching or whatever i do it was babysitting (laughs) (laughs) could you please babysit for me um uh, it's, it's not easy. I was, there were times, I, I, especially this one time, I was rehearsing a play during the day. So, rehearsing theater, it's from 10 to 6, mm-hmm. six days a week. Oh, wow. And then I was performing the play in the evenings, six days a week. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, and my son was going to the island school at the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't drive. So, I was riding, I would ride my bike. To the ferry docks. Oh wow! Every morning for eight o'clock, <laughs> oh, ride my wow. bike to the theater, which is at Tarragona. Yeah. and Dupont, rehearse till six, and then I I had to ride my bike to. I went to the dock. Oh yeah, I went and had dinner with him, then brought him to a babysitter, and then went to the theater where I had to do the show at night, and then come home at. Night. That's quite the schedule. <laughs> It was like, I did that for about, that was just three weeks, but it made me realize like, wow, is working worth it sometimes, you know? Um, But yes, I needed to do it Mm -hmm. because you do and you, I don't, I'm not sure if you felt this, but sometimes you feel like you've lost yourself. Oh yeah, I've definitely felt that. You know, you've lost yourself and then there's this panic of like, the world has forgotten about who I am. Mm-hmm. And especially
0: in your industry where it's pretty important to keep on to the next thing and the next thing,
1: I, yeah. I would imagine. Yes, it definitely, definitely mm-hmm. is. It's like once you're at the picture, it's like, well, she's, yeah, you know, she's not in in it anymore. And it's like, no, here I am. I'm here. <laughs> um, but also, I also had to make uh, money. I didn't get child support. So oh, um, wow. I had to. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um <laughs> well we'll just leave that one right there. <laughs> yeah. So you just gotta you just gotta keep going and and I've been blessed with really wonderful, wonderful supportive friends. Mm-hmm. I do have a lot of sisters um who helped out as nice. well. Um and opening up my doors. And yes, that was that was the big thing because I realized once I was uh single, I realized wow, people aren't inviting Mm-hmm. Inviting me out. Ah. There's something weird about that. <laughs> I'm not getting invited out. And partly because I have a child or because I'm a single woman. Why aren't I getting invited out? Like we used to get invited out. Me I and see. Me. Yeah. Um, so I thought, well, I guess I'm just gonna have the parties on my own. Oh, very cool. So I started very cool. Inviting people over and i have the space for it a lot of them have you know bachelor apartments and whatnot so i have the space for it so i had potlucks and and my son was around these good people and and then eventually they became more like parties and yeah that's very cool
0: and he probably and i'm I'm sure he has such amazing memories from his childhood um your son is 21 now and My daughter's 16, and as you can imagine, things um, are a lot different from when she was eight. And so, uh, you know, the the stress can be real sometimes when you've got a teenager at home. And I'm just wondering how you got through the teenage years with your son. And, um, you know, I'm so fortunate at this point in my life, I have um, a partner who is helping me and who is. Doing the the daily, uh, day to day navigation through this with me, but as a single parent, I'm sure it must have been, um, pretty challenging.
1: I, uh, I was so stressed, I would say you could have fried an egg on my head, yeah, um, through a lot of it. Um, it was, and then trying to communicate with his father was really challenging, and there was always a girlfriend in his world, which is fine, but, um, I remember he was he was going to go up north and move with this woman who lived up north, and I said, "You can't. I need you here." Your son needs country. you here. Yeah, my need son needs you here. And our
0: kids deal with so much more than we did um, as teenagers. Uh, it's it's overwhelming, and all you can do is just try to help them try to just hold them and try to ground them as much as you can. And uh, it's it's so difficult. And um, yeah, that I know I know it's terrifying and it, it's stressful. So I'm just really thankful that um, your son is well
1: and he's happy. He's doing yeah. great. Yes. yes. And, and there also, you know, I reached out to a lot of friends and uh, in like asking how do they handle it? And a friend of mine, she has um, a single mom and her kids are like in their thirties now, but, uh, she said, sit at the kitchen table. Mm. Like they just want you, you have to be home more right. than when they were little. Actually, they need you more. Yeah. Uh, and it's not too like, uh, don't, don't ask them the questions, let them ask you the questions. So basically sit at your kitchen table yeah. and, and do, wait, like be around. Just and, be I remember there. This one and I did, I did as much as possible uh, mm-hmm. I was h- as much, home as much as possible. And he would come home and just grunt and run up the stairs into his bedroom <laughs> and yeah. the door shut. And then maybe an hour later, you'd hear, Mom? Yeah? Nothing? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just, <laughs> just wanted to see if you were there. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Um, and And then, you know, and then he may ask a difficult question and answering those questions. And, but i um mm-hmm. I, when I i reached out for a lot of help at that time therapists for him and then he he went twice and didn't want to go again so i um, hmm. i went for him <laughs> yeah good for you <laughs> finally yeah i was just see um, i got him a dog um, you know one, one major thing that helped what's that you know i just feel like generally there aren't many and I hope I don't insult anybody, male mentors out there. Hmm. And he's a very athletic and he he was playing a lot of hockey. And I the hockey vibe can be pretty rough.
0: Yeah.
1: He was on, um, you know, my level and hmm. the coaches, the parents, it's, can be vicious. Actually, to the point where I remember when he was playing hockey. Yeah. At this high level, and one day we were actually in Malta on the beach eating pizza. Yeah. I said, "Mom, can we talk about hockey?" I said, uh, "Sure." <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to play anymore. I'm like, Well, uh, Okay. Why? Well, I overheard the coach saying bad things about one of the players. If he's saying bad things about him, what's he saying about me?" Wow. And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Mm. Uh, so. But of course september came and it's like he loves this the game so much you know so he did uh, he, he kept at it house okay and, and yeah and then he didn't select but he didn't do the 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 major the leagues that he was in like he the rep teams yeah but yeah then I, I i don't really have a tv i know which is weird in my industry <laughs> but i got us a tv that was another thing like the dog the shrink the uh ymca membership um, keep him busy yes. was what I was doing, and then I I thought we'll watch some, and I got the sports package channel, whatever, right? Right. Um, and so we were watching basketball together mm-hmm. a lot, and I and then some of the coaches are talking, and I was like, "That's where the mentors are." Oh, interesting. And I could see him yeah. listening and going, and he, that's what he needed. Oh, wow, that's what he needed. So. It got him into a basketball camp, you know, just a small camp, and then he liked it, and then got him got onto a rep team much later in life. Usually, these kids start earlier, and that just blossomed into, you know, now he's playing semi professional and Europe and coaching. That's coaching in Barcelona. That's amazing. Coaching in Malta.
0: Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's incredible. And I think there is such a difference between the hockey culture and the basketball col- culture and even the games themselves. And unfortunately, with that sort of rock'em sock'em hockey that came in, where it sort of switched the sport to a more, it was about fighting a lot more, right? And I think that had a negative impact on the, the culture um, as a whole. Yeah, yeah,
1: it's unfortunate. I mean, and there are people. It's an expensive sport. Hockey is very, right? very like, expensive. I mean, basketball, you just basically need a ball and shoes. Yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. There's a light at the end of the tunnel. It's about a, a passion yeah. and community yeah. feeling like they belong, right? you know, um, that's important for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wonder like I made a ton of mistakes, right? I made a ton of mistakes, but I kept trying as a parent. Yes, as a human being,
0: we're all. I was going to say, we're all humans. We're humans, right? We make mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, as a human being, as a parent, the when he went to this therapist, and she called me up privately, um, and said, "I'm not supposed to do this, but I think it's important for you to know." After all the things that happened, and there were some really awful things that happened Mm -hmm. um, to to him, like bullying and stuff. He. She asked him, "What's the worst thing that happened, or worst memory, or something?" And he said, uh, "Or what would you wish you could change?" And he said, "My parents fighting. Wish they could stop fighting." Oh, I was like, "Oh, "Oh God,
0: yeah." That's hard to hear. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Yeah, and um, yeah, and it doesn't even mean if it's like a blowout fight, but it's like. You know, and I actually read
0: um, that it makes the child feel bad when the other parent is talking poorly and negatively about um, the other parent because the child feels so connected to both of their parents and their parents are a part of who they are as an individual. And so they also feel lesser than because they feel like it's a bit of a personal assault to some sort of part of themselves, so.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, just imagine if you have two really good friends and they don't like each other. yeah. And you're out with the one and she's talking badly about the other. And then you're out with the other and she's talking badly about the other. And uh, like that, it makes me feel really uncomfortable. Very uncomfortable. Absolutely. You
0: know? But the good thing is, in terms of like human errors and little mistakes that we do, or, you know, losing your temper, making the wrong decision, so often all you have to do after is sit down with your child and explain what happened that you realize that you made a mistake and this is why. And it's all about just sometimes even just owning up to it and, and saying, I'm I'm a, I'm a person, I'm not perfect. Yeah. I did, I made a mistake and I will continue, I'll make mistakes again, right? So I really like that concept of not having to hide things from them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Saying sorry is huge and I've said yeah. it a lot in hopes that he learns how to say I'm sorry as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and learn forgiveness.
0: Right. All kinds of forgiveness, right? Self forgiveness, forgiveness for others. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. I'm curious to know are you parenting differently than the way you were parented?
1: Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But I come from such a different world to what I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, what was the world you grew up in? I'm a Maltese immigrant. Mm hmm working class um, so we came to Canada I was a sixth child I was a baby when we came to Canada okay So my parents came with six kids Wow yeah we moved into uh, in the junction that where the Maltese community is Yep. Uh, and moved in with my aunt and uncle who have had five kids oh wow um, so 11 kids four adults in this tiny house the job oh, until my father, you know, got a job and and a house and, you know, we, then we moved in and we were very crowded. And then my mom had they had another kid. Yeah. So seven kids, six girls, one boy. Oh, wow. Uh, three sets of bunk beds in one room. You know, a very strict um, mm-hmm. Catholic. Yeah. We went to church. I think uh, we start like almost every day. Until the principal oh. at the school, the Catholic school, said, you know, this isn't, they're coming late to school. This isn't necessary. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so we went on Fridays and Sundays. And then it got to just Sundays and special, special, you know.
0: Yeah.
1: Occasions. Yep. Um, yeah, occasions. Um, so I lived in fear of God, hmm. sin, the devil. Wow. Um my parents in some ways, my dad especially. I mean, my dad was, you know, a, a, they're good people. He was yeah. very stoic. He worked so hard. Mm-hmm. If you you know, there's no room for messing up. Like, there was no room. There was no space. Yes. I mean, there was one salary. It was one laborer's salary feeding <laughs> nine people. That's incredible.
0: It's <laughs> unbelievable. So
1: yeah so i was shoveling snow at the age of 10 yeah um you know making money yeah i was doing what i helping the family at the age of 10. yeah Uh, yeah but basically more about like if i wanted something i had to go and buy it right like i had to go sorry i had to make the money to buy it um so finally my babysitting money was what allowed me to buy a bicycle
0: yeah
1: very good Uh, i did not have dance or acting classes or you know, hockey, basketball, all those things. Uh luckily back then there was more in the schools, right? So we That's had right. basketball teams and and I did um because I wanted to avoid our crowded house as much as possible, <laughs> I got so involved with school. Oh, okay. So I was on every possible team. Every team. I was a long distance runner. I was a yeah. soccer player, so I was very athletic. Yeah. Yeah, I was like running cross country, running like which just means like running through the park, high park. I
0: did that too, yeah. <laughs> did you?
1: And yeah. it, there's a, something meditative about it mm-hmm. and something so calming. Um and I did that from grade 4 to grade 13 when I was in high school. I was grade 13 and um I did it. I was that was my thing, long distance. Yeah. And then I had, you know, a teacher who did who made little films and so so this, so anyways, I got involved that way mm-hmm. because there wasn't any funds to to take classes anywhere else and or do anything extra. So well, it sounded like your think,
0: your school was um, incredible in terms of offering those sorts of programs. So that's that's great.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now you mm-hmm. have to understand that they were very young. They hooked up when they were eighteen. Oh wow, that was common. Yeah, yeah, like. I'm not going to do the math now, but by the time they were in their early thirties, they had seven kids. Yes. Um, so they were young, but um, yeah. So, so the difference is my son got, <laughs> he got a bicycle as soon as I could get one. For yeah. And maybe I went overboard. Like you want that? Sure. You're going to get that. You want this? Yeah. And, and also like, Look, you're going to try everything. I'm going to have you try piano lessons. You're going to try some theater. You're going to try some this, just to open every door. And if you don't like it, that's okay, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. So get a taste of it all. And I might've gone overboard. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's understandable,
0: though it's, it's funny that you say that because um, my dad, his experience growing up, they were they had they had his family had been living in Canada for many 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 years, like probably third or fourth generation, and um, he grew up in a very small mining community in northern Ontario, and his father grew up like in a small little house with tar paper on the outside, and there was many kids, and my my dad there were seven kids in his family, and so every. Thing was always shared in bunk beds and that whole situation and then in his career he worked he worked really hard like, and we became very successful and sometimes he says you know i think people sometimes think i go overboard but he's like i had i didn't have anything growing up we had very little and i can now and so i want to <laughs> so yeah. it's like it's well deserved
1: enjoy enjoy yeah yeah exactly and <laughs> it's, it's not like you know like my parents Kind of amazing, right? It's like mom. My mom made all of our clothes, wow. and she was able to map out where to get everything, groceries cheaper, and yeah. feed all of us with that the, one salary, right? With the coupon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we all were well dressed and well fed. Like I've never felt hungry, but I always wanted. I wanted those dance classes. I yeah. wanted, them, you know, and also there and religion, and that's something. I would say spirituality is a big part of my life, mm-hmm. uh, but the church is not. And my son is the only one in all of my family who's not baptized, right? Uh, which it was a huge thing. Although I think secretly that my mom, oh no, babysitting, sometimes am him too. Am I going to <laughs> gonna stick that in one of my films? But <laughs> i like, I keep telling my friends that I'm like. You know because she doesn't talk about it so it's like she probably did it just yeah <laughs> and you're like that's fine you. you're like this should be bothering
0: you a lot more than it does <laughs> there's something weird going on <laughs> oh my god that's amazing the secret baptism i love it
1: yeah uh, was your there- yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, wow well did you feel was there a lot of love in in your house i know there was all the the catholic catholic guilt and the fear but um was it A lot of love?
1: It was hard to feel it. Mm. It, There was love. For sure, there was love, but it came with fear.
0: Yeah. That's so hard to
1: understand as a kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, like, I don't remember a lot of affection and Mm -hmm. that sort of thing. And and plus, being the sixth child, my sister, the oldest sister, took care of me most of the time. So she took me everywhere. So I don't... You no, know, wasn't like I don't remember having a conversation with my dad. Oh wow, about much. Wow, yeah, and he was dealing with so yeah. much, right? Exhausted and
0: working so hard, and so many yeah, kids and he got really
1: sick. Oh, yeah, yeah, he was. He got really sick with uh, brain cancer and was ill for thirteen years until he passed away. Oh, I'm so sorry, it was yeah, it was hard. Mm-hmm. It was hard. Um, and um, my mom actually and because I.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say, my mom actually sorry. had brain cancer <laughs> as well. I didn't know that. Oh. Yeah, so I do know that. I know how hard that is. So sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: No, that's okay because what it, it does, and maybe you experience this too, is like I learned this later that, you know, the tumor that my dad had in his head was the size of a, a grapefruit. Oh, wow. By the time oh, wow. they found it. But it takes about 12, at least 12 years for that to grow that size. Right. And so there was 12 years of like stress in the house. Like we had to tiptoe. we always had headaches and headaches. And we went from this fun, kind of fun place to not for a long time.
0: Yeah. Well, he was probably just, yeah, silently suffering for so long. That's unbelievable.
1: Wow. So it did alter us uh, quite a bit. Um, but also what I was going to say is um, I went into the arts. Mm-hmm. And you don't do that when you come from a right. working class family. You don't, you don't, like what a stupid choice, right? Yeah. <laughs> you do something that's um, guaranteed. Absolutely. Guaranteed. Yes, and plus yeah. I was like an honorable student. I was, I did well at school. Um, yeah. But I do recall asking I asking myself a lot of questions I think it was when I was like 16 15, 16 and it's like first of all about the church and I, and I you know would read a little more um, mm-hmm. and then in high school I had a fantastic theater arts teacher and started to really dig deep with that world and um, and then when I was 16 I, I was like I could have gone into math I was a math I was on the math team
0: Oh so you're one of those people you're like yeah, artistic and you're good at math you're so rare that's amazing
1: yeah i would walk into a physics i couldn't get in, i couldn't wait to get into the physics exam <sighs> and so but and then i thought asked myself well how would i feel at the old age of 30 <laughs> if i didn't try this thing oh interesting I would i would really be upset with myself?
0: yeah i you know in terms of your career and it's so creative and it, it's so nourishing in so many ways in that regard and nourishing your soul and your creative outlet um it's obviously it must be a form of self-care for you uh in that you get to creatively produce um through the work that you do but uh, otherwise what does self-care look like for you and what's your relationship to self-care
1: well it used to be cigarettes and coffee but <laughs> <laughs> super healthy <laughs> it's, no, um um, meditations helped me a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and that, but that came around, uh, not until like 2014 when I, it's a, it's an interesting story when I met up with a Buddhist monk. I didn't oh, realize wow. he was. And yeah. Um, but, uh, so that, that's helped me a lot. And, um, I go to a gym and I, I like, I like to sweat. <laughs> yeah. So that feels good and I go for long walks. Walking is part of my writing process. Um, oh, very cool. Yeah, I mean, I do a lot of movement work. It's a practice called authentic movement that I have been doing since 95. Oh, wow. But I do it whenever I... It's not something I do like people do yoga every morning yep. or meditate every morning. It's, it's when I have big life questions, I, I do it more than... Um, I used to do it you know religiously religiously, but no no I don't but yeah that's 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 my thing I mean, I wake up very early mm. and um i I meditate and and then and then I work. Yeah, that's that's really
0: wonderful. It's so important to carve out that time for yourself. And meditation for me is, is a part of my daily practice as well. And um, but also I can completely relate to the movement aspect that you're talking about and the, the jogging. I can't jog anymore because my knees will not let me. But for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, it was just an outlet for me to get out any sort of nervousness or anxiousness that I was dealing with. So uh, absolutely, absolutely can relate to that. Yeah, it's interesting
1: how meditation can also readjust you physically.
0: Well, yeah, Um, it's, it's, it's there's so many studies showing now about how breath work actually affects your heart rate, your brain waves, your, um, uh, you know, different things that they measure in in terms of when people are really doing the uh, mindful breath work. So it's really fascinating. Um, And there's this breath technique where you expand your lower back and your so your, your lower stomach where you can sort of feel your breath pressing into your, the base of your spine. And then you continue to fill up all the yeah. way up your chest and then sending it up to your third eye chakra. And um, yeah, there's a lot of studies right. around the impact and the benefits of that sort of deep, uh, very mindful breathing.
1: It would be so great if they include this at schools every morning. I know it would be amazing, and there are um,
0: yeah, yeah. There, there are some schools. There's a few schools in Toronto who have certain people who come in and do um, yoga or meditation, but it's really few and far between. And I agree, it needs to be. I think it needs to be a, a, a more solid um, and more free, frequent part of the curriculum. It would be so beneficial. Yeah. So, Valerie, what does being a mindful parent mean to you? Being present. Being present, <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah, yeah,
0: being present in the moment, being present for your child when they need you. I, yeah. And I also think a large, large part of it is being present with
1: yourself
0: and where you're at as well, right? And just trying to monitor your your reactions.
1: Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. Like really witness, witness them, witness yourself, and staying calm with it all, uh, because. They need to feel safe. We all want to feel feel safe. I mean, I do this as a director. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want my actors to feel safe. I want my cinematographer. I want everybody to feel safe to make the best uh, cho- creative choices that they yes. can and yeah. go for it. go for it. If you want to, you know, cry like whatever, just like <laughs> I'm there to hold the space for you to to be as creative as possible. Hold the space. Possible. I yeah. love that. Yeah. And so that's what I think good parenting is. I'm holding the space so that if you want to whatever express something uh, I'm I'm there and it's okay I'm not going to judge you. Uh, just like mm-hmm. no judgment it's guidance and listening and holding a space and and you know we talk almost every morning through luckily through FaceTime and WhatsApp and stuff like that like it's that
0: and it's so nice for him to have that calm voice of reason mm-hmm. he can check in with you and and you know i think probably what the most important thing for him is knowing that there's just that unconditional love there for him yes from you so and i you know i've never um no one yet has described being a parent as holding your holding space for your child. Mm. And I absolutely love that. And that is such a great
1: description of what it's all about. Yeah, thank you. Um, the one thing that I learned early, my God, is like, don't mm-hmm. try to control. Right. Don't try to control, you know.
0: Yeah, don't place expectations, don't- right? And that's important, I think, in all aspects of life, and especially on our kids. Like we're not here to place our expectations on them in terms of what they're going to do with their life or who they are
1: and i guess i guess ultimately to to hold the space and then teach them teach them self-love self-respect self mm-hmm. yeah and yeah.
0: and i actually just um recently interviewed uh, a man named Manish Dal, and he is the founder of the mindful science center in india and um he was talking about how you have to heal yourself and deal with yourself and he makes the analogy of you know you're on the airplane and they tell you to put your own mask on first right and then you can put your child's mask on and that's exactly what we're talking about Uh, it's about feeding yourself and then trying to nourish um the child that you're raising so and I think today more and more people are just becoming so much more conscious and they're consciously making these efforts to be that kind of parent that perhaps they didn't have growing up or that they wanted to add to, you know, what they experienced in some way. So that's, um, I think it's really positive. I think it's positive for our future. I think it's positive for us as a society, Um, but I did want to ask you another question. What's one thing? that you wish someone would have told you about becoming a parent before you became a parent.
1: You know what the the most difficult part for me as a parent is cooking. (laughs) Um, I, I don't like, I'm not much of a cook. I don't like it. I love food. I love food. So something about that. Like I wish someone said, look, you're going to have, especially if you have a boy who's an athlete, you're going to be cooking a lot. So maybe you know plan better plan better with the cooking stuff i don't yeah. know <laughs> let's go get pizza <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, guess, I guess that's the other thing <laughs> you know i wish somebody told me how much pizza i'd be eating <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah Well, Valerie, that's our time for today. Thank you so much for being on the show. It was so wonderful to hear about um, your journey with your son and everything you've been through. I can't thank you enough for being on the show.
1: Ah, you're so welcome. That was fun.